time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever it may be. Um, and welcome to today's show. I'm going to be covering a number of different topics today, and one of them that I, you know, this is the, as we would say, the dark side of relationships, and given the spate of high-level suicides that have just occurred in the last week, uh, I will be addressing that later in the show, and then I will finish with something more uplifting. But I'm also going to start with something that I heard this this morning uh, when we were doing our meditation. And it was Deepak Chopra made the distinction, because I often talk about attention and intention and those two things going hand in hand when you're working on a relationship, when you're working on building connection with someone. Um, if you want to have better sex with someone, then what are the things you need to be doing? And he made the distinction that attention with the A, that is the thing that generates the energy around something. And I know for a fact, the number one reason the majority of affairs occur is because someone's paying attention to someone. And if you are not paying attention to your partner, you, you know, someone or something else will. It is Nature abhors a vacuum, and if someone needs to have attention and love paid towards them, someone else or something else, be it a sport or a business or, you know, success in another area, that'll flow right in there so quickly it will make people's heads spin. And the first time someone told me about this, they had just gotten married, and again, the reason they got married wasn't the best reason in the entire world. It was because her parents had sold their home, they were moving, and this was the guy she was going out with, and her parents were thrilled with the fact that they were getting um, married because then they didn't have to worry about their daughter being in a city by herself. She would have a husband. Not exactly the best reason, right? But she said to me, the bride, they had been married probably nine months, and she said, you know, let me tell you something. When... She said, it is a really slippery slope when you start taking your partner for granted. And I said, fill me in. And she said, he has started assuming and taking for granted that I'm going to do particular things. And I said, look, 
this is not what you know you signed up for and she said that's exactly right well they were divorced within less than a year but so the attention is the thing that generates the energy intention with an i that is what is about transformation and i'd never heard that described that way but it makes sense because when your intention is to create um, a stronger foundation in your relationship or your marriage, or your intention is to find a loving, supportive relationship, you then start creating transformation in your life, in your own behaviors. And those are the things that then make you magnetic. And I'll use as an example a one of my best friends, and he moved down with me. We both moved down from Canada. And his intention when he left there was to be was to be in a relationship with someone who adored him. Not just a little bit, but a lot. And he had um, you know he, he was never able to find a relationship that was for him in our hometown. And he had only been here literally five days. No, I mean, maybe not even that, but he literally within the first five days that he was here having, you know, driven down and arrived, he met the man who would be, his partner who adores him and they have been together now 28 years, almost 29 years. Here we go. And that was his intention was to have a loving, adoring relationship. And I have to tell you, Tim adores him and just thinks he's the best thing. And they couldn't be happier. Have they gone through things? Yeah. But they also, this is the foundation, the intention of their relationship set the whole foundation for it. And I think if we make those distinctions, they are so powerful. Here's the other thing. If you have, if your intention is that you want to do something in the world with whatever it is, for me, it's things with large animals and returning the environment to something that is getting rid of toxic uh, mining programs, oil and gas fracking, and returning the environment to where it should be, that it is not being sprayed to death by disgusting Monsanto. And it really is something that is this beautiful place on earth. That's what I want to work to do. Returning lands from the Bureau of of Land Management, making sure that uh, wetlands are preserved and protected. And so those are my intentions. Now, what you do is when you put that out into the, you know, the general consciousness of the universe, things start moving towards you. So if your intention is that you want to do something with, you know, get your body in better shape, get your mind in better shape because when you are clear about what it is you're working on, 
the universe is there to support you. But also, when you know what you want in your life, people follow behind you. And because people want to know that they can make a contribution to something. And if they know they can make a contribution to you to help you find that perfect person or something else, they will do it. it it's just, you know, that's how the world operates. To use as an example, um, Prince Harry, he knew that he was going to have to be dealing with a lot of stuff in order to try and find someone who would be willing to take on him and what his responsibilities are in his family, in the, you know, in the firm, in the business. And who was it who introduced him? One of his closest friends. Who knew Megan? And that was, you know, he didn't have a clue who she was, never knew about her show, didn't know, and she didn't really know that much about him. So they had, you know, the, the good-hearted friends who introduced them. Now, another thing that I found out last week, which I laughed so hard when I heard this, is a gentleman by the name of Darren Hardy. And he has an online class that I do every morning. It's a, you know, Darren Daily. And it's like three to five minutes that just gets you started with your day. And he also has a program about becoming a better man. And he looked at it as, you know, he said, I just turned 47 and I want to make sure I do things right in this world. And I, you know, he said, I'm always working on myself, which he is. So he did this program and in it, one of the things he said, to become a better man, he said, I didn't ask. And he said, in relationships, in business, he said, I didn't ask a lot of men, but what I did do, this is, he's sharing this. He said, I asked a lot of women. And so, and he asked them the question, when are you, when do you find your partner, your husband most loving? When do you feel he is being the most loving to you? What is the behavior? And he was stunned by the response. I have to tell you, I'm not, but then I'm female, so I know this. And he said, and he he'd had a range of people from in their 20s in who were working for him, 30s, 40s, who are with, you know, have children, don't have children, all the way up to his grandmother. And the response he got back to it, he said, I, he said, I realized my wife had asked me. He said, but I, he said, he said, I'm trying to think of myself as a smart guy, but he said, I obviously didn't listen. And it was something that I just worked on this weekend with my partner. And I said, look, this is what you need to be doing. And he is really, he typically is really good about things, but there are times that you know, he is oblivious. And one thing that people do that is really important is they have to do a daily connection with one another, which I'll use myself as an example. We go for a 40 to 45 minute walk every morning. I take our coffee with us. We do, we call it a block spin. We walk different areas, but we talk about what we're grateful for. We talk about what 
you know, is something that we're working on. And, <clears throat> and I said to him at one point, I said, you realize when I ask you these things, I'm not just saying it because, you know, I, it's, I genuinely need you to be doing these things. Now, we're coming up to our first break here. When I come back, I'm going to give you the answer to the number one thing that women told that men, that would, that's when they find them the most loving. Here come the tunes. I'll be back right after this. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. It's words you never heard. Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. And don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer and most of all, be honest. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. One of the best ways to prevent injuries while exercising is by warming up first. Most of us are in a hurry, and it can be tempting to skip your warm-up and get right into your workout. But don't do it. Warming up is vital and necessary. Taking 5 to 10 minutes to get your body prepared for a good workout is well worth it. If you're going for a run or a brisk walk, walk slowly first and increase your speed so that your heart rate is rising. Even if you're doing a weight workout only, it's important to warm up for at least 5 minutes on the treadmill or just by walking around. Warming up gets the blood flowing to your muscles, heart, and joints and prepares them for a good workout. Mentally, it gets you focused on what is ahead, whether it is running, biking, lifting weights, or another mode of exercise. So don't skip your warm-up. It's an essential part of every workout. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. Before the break, I had talked about a... Um, like a questioning that Darren Hardy had done of women and asking in his, in his quest to be a better man. And he asked these women at what, when do you find your partner the most loving? 
And for most men, that then translates into where you find them, you know, the sexiest. And the response um, that these women gave, and the, his grandmother was the first one who said this to him. And, you know, she said, I never, your grandfather, I never felt more loving towards your grandfather than when I saw him with a mop in his hands. And Darren's like this, a mop? What are you talking about? And she said, when he was doing something for me and I didn't ask him to do it, that is when I felt the most loved by him. Because he knew that this isn't, you know, these are not sexy, you know, interesting things. Everyone knows that a household has to be maintained. And, you know, someone has to do it. But when he would be doing something that I would invariably have to do, but he was helping me, she said, I never felt more loved. And women, there were you know, numerous responses that the women all said exactly the same thing. And it was, you know, when he helps me with this, and but here's the next part of it, and I don't have to ask. That's a biggie. So this weekend, um, I had said, look, this needs to be cleaned. And I have to admit, I am a stickler about how things are cleaned. I don't want it done marginally. We have house rules. And one of the house rules is don't make more work for the other person, period. So in keeping with that, he was smart enough to say exactly how do you want me to do this. So I showed him exactly how I want it to be done. Now, on the flip side, one of the things that men have said they wanted was to be acknowledged for what they've done, you know, for bringing, you know, home, you know, the groceries, for doing something. It isn't just enough to bring home, you know, the, the money and that, because for, it's like 70% of women now work, and a lot of women are the number one breadwinners in households. So that's that whole paradigm that, you know, paternalistic from the top down, you know, patriarchal thing is no longer how the world operates. And particularly in intimate relationships, it's just not the same. Our parents' relationships are not our relationships. And we have a very different dynamic. So, but what I know also is what women have shared with me is that Probably at no time do they find men sexier and more of a turn on than when they are being a fabulous dad. And if you want to get a real smile for this week, there was a, he's um, an attorney in private practice and he has two kids, one who's a two year old and then another who's, you know, a couple of months old. And his daughter was part of a dance routine. It's on YouTube. It's astonishingly adorable. And the dad is carrying the one little kid, and his two-year-old daughter comes onto the stage and immediately becomes hysterical. And not just a little bit, but screaming hysterical. So dad comes out of the wings, 
and his daughter's in her little pink tutu. And he says to her, you want daddy to dance with you? And she's like, she sort of nods. You can't hear this exchange between them, but you read it in the uh, body. And so what he does is he, you know, because he's practiced this routine with her numerous times at home. So he's out there dancing with his daughter so she feels more comfortable. And the, the responses from women were exactly that. That is the, you know, that's the most amazing thing, the sexiest thing, the best thing that we've seen, you know. But that is, you know, for many women, when a dad is a really supportive, good dad, that is when they find him the sexiest and the amount of love that flows between them, powerful. I will use a, a woman I know, they just celebrated their 30th anniversary, they have five kids, they have a hugely busy life, but what he did, and he's in the entertainment industry, so he was always having to go to things after work, but rather than going straight to those things from the office, he always, and underline this, always, Rob always came home for the kids to have dinner with, he would have dinner with the kids, and then he would go to an event, always, and that was something that was the foundation, the solid, solid foundation of their marriage. He wanted to absolutely be the best dad that he could be. And it showed up in their relationship, it showed up in their children, and, but again, his intention was to do this and then he paid attention that way. I mean, I know that one of the things for many people too, is that they have really busy lives. So they have to have something that allows them to flip the switch from being a parent to being a partner. And that's something that when, if a guy is doing something that the woman would typically have to do, or the other partner would typically have to do so that they can spend more time together, that is what helps build relationships. And, you know, the big thing is when someone gets you and makes you laugh or that is a truly seductive thing for most women, because when someone can make you laugh, that means they understand what's inside your head. That means they know what. So if someone many times women will say, the thing that they like about their partner is that they're goofy because that's what makes them laugh. When some, one woman wrote, she said, he thinks he's funny, but what I think is funny is that he thinks he's funny. And she said, because he isn't that funny. So there's that kind of like little twist on it, but he never knew this. And it's when someone actually listens. Remember I talked at the top of the show about attention. When someone is listening to someone and giving their attention, it's one of the most seductive things you've got, period. So that is, and I tell people this all the time, and when all of a sudden it's spelled out in simple terms for them, they get it. And you always know when someone doesn't want to pay attention to you, they come up with all kinds of excuses. 
they're, they've got something they have to go to, something about a job. There's always an excuse. But if the attention is genuine, there are no excuses. You know, someone wanting to, you know, uh, ghost you and not get back to you, that's someone who, you know, doesn't have the maturity or the wherewithal to know. You just step up to the plate and say, you know what, I, you know, I had a good time, but I know this is not going to be going anywhere. I know a woman right now who is, you know, she's ending a long distance relationship that doesn't have a future because she's being loving to herself. And this was a big turnaround for this person because they needed to say, you know, it's, and the person who, you know, they've been communicating with said, well, do you want to talk? And she said, no, there's nothing to talk about because all the conversations had always been focused on him. And she said, you know, that's not a loving thing for me to do. I'm, I'm done with it. Forget it. So when you look at why, you know, what someone can do that is really loving for you, you also have to look at what's really loving for yourself. And, you know, they may say, use the term self-care or whatever it may be, but it is a crucially important thing. Are you, you know, eating the right way? Are you getting enough sleep? Because if you're not, no one else can do that for you. And when I talk with partners of people, I specifically ask them, do they look after themselves? Are they doing, you know, uh, five minute meditation? Are they doing something that's only for them? And I, and particularly for women, they often give themselves the short shrift of things. They don't say, I really need this. Well, they need to start doing that. Because otherwise, if they don't do it, no one else will. So when Darren Hardy's thing on, you know, becoming a better man, when I first listened to this, I was like, wow, this is what is needed. And it's short. There's three segments to it. Um, you can go on DarrenHardy.com and it should be right there with um, becoming a better man. They're easy to listen to. And another thing he talks about is who is going to have advantage in the business world coming forward and who will have the, like it's across the board. Advantage is women. The reason for that is because what's coming forward is a workplace environment of building relationships. And that's what women do every day when they wake up. As soon as women start breathing and, you know, start waking up in the morning, they build a relationship. They can relate to things, they can ask things, and they do it as a matter of course. And that's the new business environment. When we come back, I'm gonna be talking about the impact of suicide in relationships and what you can do to protect yourself. Here come the tunes, I'll be right back. This 
to Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Hey there, it's Christine Gallagher from She's Got Clients.com. I'm really excited to share with you the first annual Get Clients Online giveaway. I have gathered a spectacular group of contributors who are providing you with amazing gifts that will help you get cash flow in clients in less time online. So I've teamed up with more than 50 other business industry leaders to bring you templates, checklists, and other valuable goodies to grow and scale a sustainable business that brings you more income with less effort. So all you need to do is head over to getclientsonlinegiveaway.com, put your name and email address in, and you'll get instant access to more than 50 free business building tools, templates, products, and services, including Facebook funnel templates, LinkedIn cheat sheets, sales scripts, and so much more. That's getclientsonlinegiveaway.com. Head over there and enjoy your free gifts. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy wrinkles and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Okay, we're going to get into the little, the more serious side of today's show. And the, it's about suicides and relationships. And <clears throat> over the past week, the last past week, Kate Spade of Kate Spade, um, her, you know, uh, company that she created for handbags and, and accessories and ostensibly created, uh, um, suicided by hanging herself. And then the younger sister of the queen, the Dutch queen, Queen Maxima, committed suicide again by hanging herself. And uh, uh, Anthony Boudin hung himself in Paris. Now, when I was in university, my first year, I did a paper 
on suicide. And I used a book. Uh, it was from, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Seattle Coroner, and looked at the different ways and reasons for suiciding that um, difference between women and men and the rationale and reasons behind things. A lot of them were relationship-based. Um, the ending, you know, a really traumatic breakup or the end of a marriage or someone, you know, just, you know, said, that's it, I'm out of here, you know, their failed relationship. And, but what I find striking is both of these women hanging themselves, which is very unusual because for most women, they will not do something that is disfiguring. They are more likely to use sleeping pills. And I, there was a doctor, a young physician. She was the daughter of a woman that I know. I don't know her well, but I know a good friend of hers very well. And her relationship had ended. And this was the guy she thought she was going to marry. And so what she did is being a physician, she knew the medications to use and she planned everything. She seemed very happy. But I also will tell you, a friend of mine who tried to commit suicide three times, she said that each time, she said if she hadn't been interrupted, she said it would have been successful. But she said, I was so happy that I knew I was going to be out of pain. She said, I was in so much pain. And she said, but to know that I was no longer going to be in pain, she said, I was happy. So it what did not appear to be the thing that people would have thought, uh, you know, that she was in a depressed state. But she said, it, this has plagued her her entire life. And, but she said the biggest thing that has made the difference for her was knowing that she could ask someone for help and not having the thoughts just be there with her. For me, I had a breakup when I was 18, 19, and he wanted the two of us to keep going out, as he said, with the sole intention of getting married. And the time he was 23, 24. And I was like, well, no, no, I am not interested in getting married. And as a result of me saying no and ending it, you know, right then and there, he had a complete nervous breakdown and was ended up being institutionalized and I, I had the support of his parents and his father actually said to him you have to understand how difficult this must have been for her to tell you this and yet she knew this was the right thing to do which I did know but the impact on me was that I had caused this which I didn't in hindsight now I can see I didn't, but when you're an 18, you know, 19 year old young woman, you don't know that, you know, you get told you're responsible for this. 
Well, I wasn't really, but what it did do is have me look at how people impact someone else's mental health and how someone else perceives who's responsible. So I realized that at that point, women often get blamed for things. So, and it's so perfect. Men blame women for whatever happens and then women blame themselves. So everyone's blaming the women. And when I went like this, I said, no, 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 no. We got to get this sorted out. I did, you know, realize after, and he and I did speak about this and he said, you know, I know this was not easy for you to do. Now, admittedly, this was like 10 years after the fact, but when I know of young men who have committed suicide because of a breakup, they didn't know that they would get through this. They didn't know that there is light on the other side. And the summer that my mother died, the two younger brothers of the, my old boyfriends committed suicide. And one of them, because he didn't think the world he just thought the world was just a horrible place to be in and he could not see it ever getting better. And the other brother, the same, he was having failing grades from being in engineering and he could not see that this would ever get any better. And they both killed themselves with shotguns, which is typical of young males, something that is very sudden. And so that's why I am, I'm skeptical about Kate Spade and Inez Zorogueta, I know I'm massacring the Queen Maximus um, maiden name, but when I look at this, I look at the, you know, the despair over not having love in their lives, and, or that there's someone who is gay or transgender, and they can't you know, they can't see that there's ever going to be a time in their life where things are going to be okay and they're being bullied at school or they've had people in their own family tell them, you know, you are, there's something wrong with you. You are not allowed back in this household. The majority of children that end up being runaways or, and, you know, uh, end up being on the street as street children and in child prostitution is because they, their parents have thrown them out of the house because they were either gay or they didn't get along with a new um, step parent or they were being abused. And for me, when I look at this, I just wish these kids had someone who told them it is going to get better. For example, there's the Trevor project, which for anyone who was gay, who's dealing with things, that's a place they can go. Their identification is their identification. We should, I mean, there are much higher suicide rates among gay, lesbian, trans, bi kids than any other group. And there's also um, Dan Savage. And he and his husband have put together uh, a video and a program called It Does Get Better. Because... His um, husband was bullied mercilessly when he was in high school. And he said, the best day of my life was when I graduated from high school and I could, and the football team 
could no longer bully and harass me. And often what happens is these guys who are bullying, they are doing something so that they themselves don't get bullied. So they go along with this, you know, very angry male macho status that, you know, let me bully someone else because I'm not sure about my own sexuality, but I sure as heck don't want to be the recipient of it either. So many times there are things where people are questioning their sexuality in high school or in, you know, college, but they're not really questioning it. They actually do know, but they don't want someone else to know. So when I look at the how, what can people do to help someone dealing with something? And I have a friend of mine who she's dealing with and because of depression. And she said the thing that has helped her when she has gone to those incredibly dark places, and now she has a phenomenal husband. But she said literally the number one thing that saved her was her husband holding her, holding her while she was in the hospital before she was hospitalized, helping her and saying how brave she is, how much she's facing it. And she's very open that she deals with this because she said, if I keep it to myself, she said, I'm open about it with my own children. She said, I need to let people know this is what I'm dealing with and have other people share it. Because when I look at how people have so much pain in their relationships or in their marriages or in what's going on and they don't talk about it, that's when you see um, suicides, murder suicides, that people go, how the heck did this happen? It's because people don't talk. And that's, if there's one thing I can please ask people to do is let people know that you're in pain. Let them know that you need some help. This is not that you're being vulnerable. To the contrary, you're being strong enough to come forward and say, I need help. We all do sometimes. So when I come back, I'm going to give you some solutions on things to do or to help other people. And then we're going to close with some uplifting stuff. Here come the tunes. I'll be right back. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Research shows that most people who make New Year's resolutions include exercise and losing weight as part of their new plan. But by mid-February, some have sold their new exercise bike and bought a lounge chair instead. Don't let that happen to you this year. Weight Watchers encourages you to follow these three steps to make keeping your resolution easier. Number one, write down your resolution. Having a clearly articulated goal and plan of action is vital for success. 
Number two, keep things simple. Break a big goal into a series of smaller goals. If you want to lose 50 pounds, set five 10-pound incremental weight loss goals. Number three, make small changes. Don't set goals that you're not able to reach. Make minor changes that are attainable. By following these three easy steps, you can be sure to make your fitness resolution stick. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. So before the break, we were talking about, or I should say, I was talking about, you know, the, and the increase in suicide apparently among teenagers has gone up 300% in like the last decade. And I mean, that's completely attributable to the internet and the bullying that occurs. And when people don't feel that, and someone telling them, you know, go kill yourself, really? You think that that's, why would someone ever say that to someone? And yet they do all the time. And when someone just feels their world is never going to change and this is how it is, that despair and that blackness, the big thing that I often will ask people is like, look, did someone just get on some medications? Because a lot of antidepressant and anti-anxiety medications have homicidality and suicidality as a side impact. And it's not a side impact. It is a right in your face, how it makes you feel impact. I will use as an example, my older sister ended up going on um, something and it wasn't, it wasn't for um, mood alteration, but it was something else. And she said, I could not believe how depressed it made me. She said, and it was immediate. And she said, I never would have anticipated that me, and she is the most upbeat, you know, let's take on the world, things are going on. And she said, I could not believe how it impacted my mood. She said, I literally had suicidal thoughts. And she said, she told them, look, I'm getting off this. I'm not staying on this stuff. This is, this stuff is disastrous. And the um, gentleman, Peter Bragan, who at the time he had been the previous, he was the, the youngest head of, I believe is the American um, Psychiatric Association or psychology, I think it's psychiatric because he was an MD. And he said, he literally was the one that blew the whistle on Prozac at the 23rd hour and 59th minute and said, you have to put a, a warning label on this box about the suicide and homicide ideation, meaning having thoughts about this because that's, and he knew that this was there. Well, do you think that they put it on there? No, not a chance. Do you think they wanted to? Yeah. So he was the one that came forward with what it was referred to as the Prozac defense. And it was someone who had taken Prozac, went into work and, you know, shot people at his work and which was so completely 
antithetical to what this man's behavior was. And it was because he had been put on Prozac. Now, so the other thing, when uh, someone, I always say to people, make sure they are not alone. And when Monica Lewinsky was first going through, when all of this stuff, and can you believe that Bill Clinton actually had the nerve to say he would never apologize to her? Are you kidding me? The power dynamic difference? And then he said, you know, for having ruined her life? Oh, you self-centered jerk. I'll say jerk just because, you know, I have other words that are much stronger. I will say them for private. Anyway, when Monica Lewinsky was dealing with all of the fallout of everything that happened uh, during her internship, her mother literally would not allow her to close the door to her bedroom, to the bathroom, because she was so worried that she would commit suicide. And I'll tell you, it doesn't take very long for someone to commit suicide. Honestly, the one brother of the, my old boyfriend, his mother was walking him to school and his mother said, oh, I, I'm just gonna go upstairs and get a sweater. So she ran up the stairs to get a sweater and then when she came down, Ted was not there. And she was like, where is he? And what he had done is his father um, was a hunter and you know could refill shotgun shells down in the basement and you know had was this was something that was in their household ted had locked the door to the basement from the inside and gone down and killed himself and shot himself he did live but he then ended up dying at the hospital that's how quick it can occur so what i tell people is don't let them be alone be there you know, be there either in person or on the phone and let them know someone is coming to see them. And I know that uh, the father of a young man who committed suicide because his girlfriend broke up with him, he, he said the regret that he lives with because he didn't go. And yet, as I said, it's something when someone makes that decision, they just don't want to be in pain anymore. They don't want that pain. And the, the importance of this is making sure you can be somewhere for someone, reaching out to them, and even, you know, an electronic hand going, hey, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, let me give you a call. Have them talk about something. And it doesn't mean you're not there to be a therapist, but you are there to be someone to say, look, you know, if there's things that are going on, let me, you know, tell me, share it with me. Um, I, I want to be there for you. And if they say, oh, no, it's like, no, 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 I, I, I've been there. I've had, you know, these things happen myself. Knowing that they're not alone is crucially important. So please, if someone, you know, someone's going through a really rough patch or, they've had something happen, they've lost their job, they've lost you know, all their money, they've, had, they've gone through a crisis, um, make sure that you reach out to them because they may feel they're the only person in the world going through this. And the more that they isolate themselves, the more that the brain, I mean, my friend who tried to commit suicide three times, she said, when it gets really bad, she said, 
it literally comes down to the point where the thought pattern for me is, you should just kill yourself. And I'm like, oh my God, Rhonda, no. And she said, that's literally what it is. You should just kill yourself. And I've never had that thought, but then I've never been that, you know, into that black a place. But she said, the big thing that people need to know, tell someone, let someone know. She said, that's the thing that helped me. Now, to finish, let's talk about what are some of the best gifts you can give someone. So if someone's in a, you know, in a really down place, one of the best gifts that you can give them is your attention. And not that, you know, you're going to say to them, oh, you know, I know exactly what you're going through. No, you don't. You really don't. And, but what you do need is, you know, some of the best gifts you can give anybody is your time. And whether that is sitting with them and having something to eat, whether it is a phone call, whether it is Skyping, it's you letting them know that they count. And going back to Darren Hardy's thing of becoming a better man He said one of the biggest things men want is that they want to be acknowledged that they made a difference. And so, you know, I always try and because many times the only comment that many people will get, and this is where talking about women having the advantage in the workplace going forward, women will often say, hey, that's a great job there versus the classical patriarchal from the top down militaristic business model that was only x number of guys at the top and they all they ever did was hand out criticisms not handing out attaboys and hey that was a good job thanks very much for that so now we have a very different dynamic in um the workplace and some of the best gifts that you can give in the workplace is to let someone know their their efforts made a difference. And if people don't feel that they're being acknowledged or someone is there's been a benefit as a result of what they're doing, millennials will often just quit. They'll go like this, nah, I'm out of here. Well, people have to understand that what people are looking for is acknowledgement of their of what they've done, what their work is, what their impact has been, and It can be something as simple as, you know, that was a great idea for saving us money on that particular thing. There are many times people can do something that is small, but each one of those small things makes a huge difference. Going to a birthday party this particular, this Saturday, and I need to come up with an idea of what to get this person. I know him, but I don't really know him. So how can I find the best gift? Well, I am going to call his sister. I am going to find out what type of pens he writes with because he is a screenwriter. I am going to hold him as a screenwriter. He's actually a researcher, but his love and passion is screenwriting. I've got a book that is a screenwriting outline book. I'll get him that. And I'll get him things that let him know I'm listening to him. I'm paying attention. Um, And 
that, and I, if I'm not mistaken, it is the birthday is a surprise birthday. So we have to make sure that, you know, it's like, okay. Um, and the surprise, because he's only ever had one birthday party in his life. And he is turning like 55. So this is something, and I was at his other birthday party because I, I know his sister well. So having the things that will make John realize, hey, you're important in people's lives and we want to do something that makes you smile. And when you can do that, that changes everything. One little thing and, you know, something that is uh, just a simple, tiny little thing that makes them feel hurt. I had an old boyfriend and he said, someone could buy me, you know, the most expensive piece of Louis Vuitton luggage. He said, it would not make the same impact on me because I had bought him a bunch of maps when I was traveling with my twin sister. And he said, those maps mean more to me than that piece of luggage because it means you heard me. It means you know what makes me feel good and, you know, touches my heart. So we're coming down to our last, you know, 30 seconds here. Remember, your intention is about transformation. Your attention is the thing that generates energy. One of the most important things you can do for a partner is do something so they have more time to spend with you. If someone's having an issue, reach out to them. Let them know they're important. And if you're giving a gift, find out what makes that person's heart smile and give it to them. Reach me at office at lupaget.com. Thank you for being here. Bye for now. Thank you for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 